This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hi, Jason Glick. How are you? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. I think I'm... Um, yeah, I'll feel better later. <laughs> so what do you have on store for yeah, us? You and me both. You and me both in a couple months. Yeah, how do you catch a cold in the in the summertime? Okay, guys? It's just wrong. Anyway, um, so what do you have in store for us tonight? Well, it can, really couldn't be anything else this week besides um, Suicide Squad. Which, um, you know, it's like it had a huge debut over the, over the weekend. Um, biggest August debut ever. Um, try, um, trounced um, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like as far as biggest August debut ever. Um, whether or not it'll actually make more than um, Guardians of the Galaxy, well, that's kind of up in the air at this point. Because, well, as you're, as you're well aware of too, John, that um, the critical reception to this movie was not um, really all the greatest in the world. In fact, it was basically on par or... Actually, slightly worse than uh, Batman versus Superman. Am I right? Um, yeah, actually, worse uh, from the Rotten Tomato standpoint. You're absolutely correct. Um, and when you say worse, you mean like the fact that people are actually demand I'm starting petitions against Rotten Tomatoes yeah. as a result of this. Even though it's just an aggregate site, okay, guys. It's just <laughs> they're like, we didn't write them; we just aggregate them, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> too true. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just it's. Just completely ridiculous. I mean, like, people are thinking that they, that um, the critics have like a giant bone to pick against um, DC's um, superhero movies. It's like you know when um, like they get um, you know me, um, poor to mediocre reviews, and Marvels um, tend uh, tend tend to get um, you know generally good to um, excellent views um, from the from the aggregation site. But you know that's really because you know Marvel stuff. Marvel has found a formula that works for them, and they. Um, it's like, and they they know how to um how to play to the how to how to make it work to make people to the to the broadest possible audience. I mean, Marvel has, for lack of a term, has captured lightning in a bottle here, and DC has um been trying to play catch up, um for the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I hate to um drive the uh, the stake in further, but you know that's kind of like the uh, comics um as comics um industry as as it is right now. I mean. You know, Marvel rules the roost. DC's constantly playing catch up, even even though Rebirth has basically, um, you know, done apparently done gone over pretty well with the general fan base. Hmm. Well, I mean, are there? I I haven't seen the movie, so I you know, and and yeah, and I haven't. And, I mean, and I'll the tell you, scared me away. I guess I guess that you know, no, I I'm I'm planning on seeing it. It's just timing as to when I'm going to see it. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't blame an aggregator site for you know the bad reviews. You might want to talk to the people who are actually writing the reviews, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so yeah, like don't don't shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. In fact. As um, John Ostrander, the writer of the uh, classic Suicide Squad run in the '80s, said, um, basically, vote with your wallet. It's like he 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 PC while he feels that the critics um, like um, came with their um, knives out with an axe to grind um, for the for the film. He feels that the best way to show that you um, prove what DC has did with the film, and he liked the film. He says, go ahead and vote with your wallet. So which. Um, DC's hardcore fan base did over the weekend. Of course, you know, it's like that's that's great and all, but at the same time, you know, like the whole metric is, you know, like, yeah, best August August debut ever. That's great. But um are you but is this film going to make uh, more than Batman versus Superman? Is it going to make more than Deadpool? 
which um, I consider the metric for um, Batman versus Superman, like, you know, domination. It's like, um, bat- like um, when it came out earlier this year. It's like, um, where was I going with this? Um, it's like, that, that, that's the, I mean, like, just DC like, has, has not been able to, like, really like, grab, like, um, put together this, oh, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama for this film, in the sense that um, you had David Ayer, who had um, written films like um, Training Day and directed films like um, End of Watch and um, and Fury, the Brad Pitt um, World War II tank movie, that um, did get good good reviews, and um, he had his vision. But then also, like once they released, once DC put out the uh, trailers here this year, had a really um, anarchic vibe with the, like, the whole um, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. It's like they um, they started put, putting together another cut that um, that basically said, no, we wanted like a light you know, comedy type vibe to this series, to this film. And, um, well, you had like these two competing visions in the film. And apparently from what I understand, the, um, the final version is these two films mashed up together, which, you know, it's like, that's not going to please anyone, which would definitely account for these, um, like unfavorable reviews, you know, it's like, and at this point, I'm not sure if I'm actually going to want to want to go out and wait and and see Suicide Squad in the theaters, because, well, like you know, we'll probably see like, a, a director's cut later on that rep- represents either David Ayer's um like pure director directorial vision, or maybe um Warner Brothers will go whole whole hog into its like comedy version, and um do their own take on that. Is that it, means, uh, yes, just go on, just real quick. Um, yeah. So uh, just for comparison, I know maybe a lot of our listeners um, know this, but. Um, I was actually kind of surprised. The Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice uncut adds a whole 30 minutes to the film. And an R rating. And an R rating. It's like, I'm like, what? So that's significant in my opinion. Um, And I don't know if that is what is going to happen with the Suicide Squad here or not. Um, You know, if it's going to be that much material, um, but that's significant. That's a lot of stuff, you know. Um, And no, I haven't watched it yet, and I think I will eventually watch it and see if it uh, improves or enhances that film. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm inclined to to hold out to the, um, like, to the, uh, like, to, like, the whatever edition they put out. Um, Whether or not it represents, like, you know, either comedy or directorial vision, like, I hope Warner Brothers will go more and for the other because the thing I heard about the um, the Batman vs Superman extended cut is that basically like if you were if you had issues with the logic in um then the um, theatrical version this film this cut will address that if you just didn't like the fact that you know Superman was presented as like an unheroic dick you know that's not going to change that so I'm I got no um, inclination to see this extended cut for Batman vs. Superman. But um, Suicide Squad, I'd be more interested to see whether or not it represents like a, um, a pure vision of one side or the other. But, hey, as far as it goes, you know, it's like it, it's, you know, it draws it, it's still something that draws from the comics and um, while it does draw from, more from the recent, recent comics, I say fuck those because the whole reason this got made in the first place was because of um, writer John Ostrander's um, legendary run in the 80s, which has only got um, four volumes um, reprinted so far. Now, those of you who've been reading my um, I read my post on the blog, I basically um, probably picked up on the fact that you know I've kind of been kind of antsy for um, DC to reprint this 
um, series because like I've I've heard like no end of a positive um talk about this series from how influential it was in terms of team dynamics, unpredictability, willingness to kill off um characters in every major in every single arc, and I was like you know and DC did um one volume of the series um back in oh let's see um twenty eleven that would be the first eight issues trial by fire. And when I read this, I got this as soon as it came out, and I thought, you know, this is actually really good because the premise of the Suicide Squad is that it takes a bunch of um, well, not even um B-list villains, but a bunch of like C and D-list characters, and some characters that that, that they created like, you know just for the uh, for the series itself, and basically sent them basically had these um bad guys go off and um like do do um tricky. And do like incredibly dangerous missions, whether it's um like saving, uh, trying to take out a uh, terrorist group known as the Jihad, fighting against a white supremacist villain in it's like in the cities known as um William Heller, or going into Russia to rescue a uh, Russian Russian dissident writer who doesn't actually want to be rescued. As it turns out, it's like that's act. This is actually like a um a really fun mix of it's like a it's like of um superhero convention and a modern political it's like and a and modern political um like material. It's like um these first eight issues that um Ostrander did with um artist Luke McDonald are sorry, are great fun and have a lot of um have a like a lot of good general unpredictability to them. I mean yes, you've got the um general basis basis of the uh like the formula of the series established. You've got Amanda Waller, who is um the um as well in this version of the series, um, the um, like the um, fat black angry woman, it's like who is um, head of um, tax, um, task force X, basically um, codenamed the Suicide Squad. It's like and um, it's like she and she's um, stuck with um, like um, Colonel um, Rick, Rick Flag Jr., it's like son of a um, celebrated um, World War um, World War II hero who um, gave his life to and um, protect the uh, it's like protect the nation. It's like. And um, like and he's and, and um, he's stuck leading these um, this group of incorrigible um, here like um, villains um, like bunch of like we're talking like guys like um, uh, let me get to the to the cover here. Okay, we've got um, like Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Bronze Tiger, um, Nightshade, um, Mind Boggler, Nemesis, and um, it's like and the Enchantress. It's like some of whom you know kind of made it in the films. That's how influ- influential his run was. It's like, and they're they're going out to take out this um, radical terrorist group known as the Jihad. And the and as the um, the cover to the first issue says, you know these these hero these um these characters are gonna these villains are gonna give their life are going on this mission that that and one of them may not come back. I mean, they that's the thing. You know, whenever you have the with the, the name like the Suicide Squad. You're not going to have everyone come back for a mission, and that's kind of like what lent the series its unpredictable aura. I mean, even when um, like you have like um, the the Penguin joining their um, trip to Russia, so you're kind of wondering what's going to happen to him. It's like, and it's like, and DC had generated so many disposable, um, like um, C and D list villains over the years that hey, you know, it's like. Uh, Australia can kill these guys, like, and not have anyone worry. It's like you add to the unpredictable aura of the series. I mean, this, for my money, this first volume, Trial by Fire, is on the one you really want to pick up because it's like it establishes the um, core concept of the series, shows you that hey, you know, 
like um, hey like he's willing to kill off like you know just random characters just like for drama and like there and there's like this political undercurrent that um, makes it even more relevant today like like okay, when you get like a white supremacist like William Heller um, like raising hell in in the cities like yeah hey, that's not too far removed from what's going on like in like in today today's climate now the thing is I was like as I mentioned like this first volume came out in 2011 and I was like angsty for years waiting for like when are we going to get the second volume I mean like yeah I mean, DC like, would reprint just about anything um, like the, these days but um, we had to wait um, four freaking years before we got the second volume the Nightshade Odyssey which um, the t- it takes the name from the title from the title arc which had um, Nightshade there uh like the team's um, shadow traveling member who basically acted as a teleporter, um, basically going back to her homeland to, to basically to um, try and um, you know rescue uh, her her um, her family from from all the uh, crazy ass fantasy stuff that had happened to them in the meantime. Now, I was all set to like, thoroughly enjoy this, but uh, unfortunately, it it was de- my enjoyment of it was derailed by. By its involvement in crossovers ranging from Millennium with the um, pre-Grant Morrison um, Doom Patrol to um, the uh, the comedy of just the of the era. I mean, like even though it's like you had some fun bits, like with um, Vixen and Arsenal teaming up with the team to um, take out some drug dealers in South America, or um, when Shock of All Shockers cha- Shade the Changing Man shows up um, in the final. The final issue of the um, like other volume to uh, to, to uh, like to join the team. It's like, well, wait a second. Didn't he um go on to become a, a DC Vertigo star? Um, written by um Peter Peter Milligan. Well, yeah, but um apparently he like he, he got his um his first rebirth here. So that's crazy. But at the same time, it's like like even if you've got like memorable stuff like with um Batman um breaking into the Suicide Squad's um home of Belle Reve. And I'm going toe to toe with Amanda Waller and losing because um she's got the dirt she can find out the dirt on him that no one else can. It's like it's still kind of like you know it's like I wish we'd had a much more like you know coherent and I'm um, focused on the team volume than um volume second volume the Nightshade Odyssey. Now third volume Rogues is um, all about the team itself. Uh, in fact, has a rematch with the Jihad. Uh, over Ma- like through Manhattan, it has some like you know pretty it's like you know pretty unpredictable um it's like it's like um out it's like outcomes and also like a nice um Amanda Waller centric um like issue as she um like tries to deal with the drama within her team and also with the fact that she's um being blackmailed by by it's like by other intelli- by another member of the intelligence agency to um, help this, help, use, the, use, use the Suicide Squad to help ensure this um, senator's re-election. Only problem is, she, she, not only does she find the, uh, like, the uh, dirt um, necessary to, um, like, um, fuck these guys over, well, she decides to, um, you know, just deal with it on her own terms, but not tell um, Rick Flagg, who has also been made aware of this stuff. And that leads to what many people consider one of the best Suicide Squad stories, as um, Flag um, takes it upon himself because he has been told by Waller that the situation has been diffused, that the um, that the Suicide Squad is about to be exposed by this senator. So, like now, so so basically, Waller has to send the squad out 
to um t- to stop Flag from from stopping the um what he thinks is the exposure of the squad. Now she gets now well one of the best moments of this like of the story which takes with the story that takes its title from Rogues basically has um um the uh, the more moral members of the team led by um black um Bronze Tiger saying you know we're not gonna like she says she well she says that you know hey you gotta stop Flag by any means necessary. And um, the more moral members, like Flag, Nightshade, um, they say, say, well, well, no, we're not going to play by your rules. And she says, well, that's fine. But hey, you know, these other guys, you know, like Captain Boomerang and, um, and Deadshot, well, they may not see, the, see these things, see this thing the same way. And she gets them to go out on, gets them to go out, um, gets them to go out against their better judgment. So that's, that's kind of what I like about Amanda Waller. It's like, even though she's like her, her morality is definitely um, like thoroughly skewed, she's um, more often than not portrayed as the smartest person in the room. I mean, when um, Greg Rucka um, revived um, Checkmate um, a couple years back, several years back, um, he had um, Waller um, kind of pitched as the bad guy. It's like in the organization, and one of the um, key one of the key arcs is called the Fall of the Wall. And um, they were able to um, eject her from the organization after it was proved that she was um, metahuman, metahumanly enhanced at one point. And that was kind of disappointing because you know, I figured that you know, her, um, her willingness to make the hard choices to make the, make the hard choices for the greater good was, made her the most interesting character in the series. And so when you kicked her out, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of disappointing. I mean, she wasn't really the bad guy, but she was the, um, she was like the, the, the best, the best worst person on the team. So I was disappointed to see her go, but seeing um, Ostrander write her in this um, in, in this classic run of Suicide Squad has been um, really um, pure. It's like um, pure entertainment for the most part. And um, like this, said, Rogues was um, a step in the right direction. And then we get to Volume Four, which well was its existence is kind of a necessary evil because it's called the Janus Directive. The Janus Directive is essentially a collection of a crossover between um, Suicide Squad and Checkmate, and the um, and a couple of tie-in issues from Manhunter, um, Manhunter, um, Firestorm, and Captain Adam. Um, basically, it it details a uh, it's like a war between um, Suicide Squad, Checkmate, and some other um, politically affiliated or organizations, only. Only the problem is, like, there's actually a uh, another party that's manipulating them to their extent. So, it's it's kind of an interesting look at the uh, at you know what crossovers looked like back in the um, second like the early in the early nineties. It's like, and it's not bad, but um, well, I'm kind of look, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how things turn out um, from the uh, um, in the next in the next volume, which is due out later this later this year. But um at the end it's like it's like it was it, it was well planned out for what it was. But um I gotta admit the, the um the best part was the um sole suicide squad only um issue that's collected at the beginning which shows that um hey turns out that um Ostrander and and at this point co writer um his wife Kim Yale were willing to kill off anyone. It's like just to show that you know like we weren't they weren't playing favorites here, so so yeah, it's like it's so yeah the um 
the classic Suicide Squad run by Ostrander and co-writer Kimiel. It's like great, good stuff. I'm looking forward to reading um, Volume Five as it comes out at the end of the year. Yeah, I know that DC is um, provided the Suicide Squad as part of the New Fifty Two initiative, but you know, fuck that. It's like I haven't, I haven't heard any. Um, it's like really enthusiastic stuff about about that. So. Even though it has um, Harley Quinn as its core member, which is why she's in the uh, movie version, yeah, it's like there you go. It's like so maybe it's good. It's like maybe it's maybe it's brilliant, but I kind of doubt it. But I have to um, finish this off by adding that my first exposure to the Suicide Squad was actually the uh, last thing written by uh, Ostrander, which is called From the Ashes, an eight-issue um, like a return return to the series on his part. Which um, starts off really confusingly if you haven't um, read up to the point of the Janus Directive, which um, I hadn't, obviously, because this, this series came out this back in 2008. And um, it starts off with um, basically, um, um, basically with the team dealing with the aftermath of, um, Rick, of Rick Flagg's disappearance before going over to find out just what happened to Rick Flagg after... Um, he was written out of the series, but um, after you get through the, um, it's like the um, um, plot gymnast- gymnastics that Ostrander has to go through in order to get through to the to the core team of a flag, it's like a flag, um, oh, Bronze Tiger, Deadshot, it's like um, son of Captain Boomerang now, and some other um, it's like characters that he um that he pr- pulled in from his um, previous run and just other random characters it's like it's actually a really good read because it has this nice unpredictability in the sense that you know while um you got amanda waller still running things flags to her second in command it's like and you have general um wade ealing who um in grand morrison's jla run was turned into the indestructible villain known as a shaggy man well turns out he's been recruited for this um new um new role as well new um Incarnation of the Suicide Squad as well. And, you know, he's, because he's like a, a crafty um, military guy, he's um, running his own scheme to, um, like, subvert um, Waller's, Waller's command as she takes on this um, corporation known as Hawk and Burton that um, has, a, has their own um, plans to, it's like, a, um, a very nasty virus to the, um, to the terrorist organizations of the world. It's like, it's like even though it's like, like I said, even the the opening of this series is really confusing. Like a, after um, Ostrander got to the point where he, you know, obviously wanted to start his series, it's like it actually um, reads really well. It's like and has a like, good amount of the um, unpredictability and political intrigue that marked the uh, what I liked from the from the first volume of the, of the series. Yeah, there is a um, like there is a um, plot twist about um, Rick Flag's. Um, origin that seems like too fantastic to be believed but you know i'm willing to write that off as being you know just comics and um you know of course like ostrander's like you know dialogue does tend towards the um melodramatic more often often that but his plotting is still um relative is still pretty solid throughout throughout the course of this of this run so all i can say right now is that yeah it's like maybe i'll get around to watching the suicide squad you know after we get some sort of like a uh, you know director's cut or you know extended edition that either like prioritizes um Ayer's vision or Warner Brothers um lighter comedy vision, but hey, in the meantime, I've got um Ostrander and Yale's um classic Suicide Squad run, which hey um all four looking 
more of it, especially now that we've got this um, crazy-ass crossover stuff from the uh, 90s behind us. So, um, John, any thoughts on your end about all this? Uh, it sounds like that it's a, your mileage may vary. Uh, that's kind of what I'm getting. That's the vibe I'm getting here. It it makes you feel old to say that the uh, stories from that the stories they've reprinted from um Ostrander's classic run are now more than twenty years old. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, your your mileage will vary depending on how into like um, '80s comics you are. But you know, if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of the revisionist stuff that DC was doing in that era, mm-hmm. like with um, Grant Morrison's um, runs on Animal Man and Doom Patrol, then this would um, definitely be up your alley as well. Um, as it is, well, like I said, it's like if you've got like the stomach for for stuff in this era, then there you go. So, all I, right. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, uh, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Uh, unless I think of something clever, I may just be talking about all of the um, all the um, Kickstarter stuff I've got from from Digital Manga regarding Tezuka over the year over the years. But yeah, it could change unless I um, find something more interesting. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later. Bye.